We've been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that's not true. People write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. Mm-mm, not willing to trust again. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. Today, you get to hear from Dr. Debbie Silber. She's going to share how unhealed betrayal impacts your health, work, and relationships, and how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today, I have on as a guest, Dr. Debbie Silber. She's the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, and her newest book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence, and Happiness. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that change how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx Twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as other blocks preventing them from health, work, relationships, confidence, and the happiness they want most. That's beautiful. So welcome to the show, Dr. Silber. Thanks so much. Just call me Debbie. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we have an interesting topic today, which is betrayal. I have had no other guests come on the show, and you are obviously an expert at that. So I want to ask what your story is and how you became interested in learning about it and becoming that expert. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't just say, "Oh, yeah, I want to be a, a betrayal expert." <laughs> you know, it's sort of like you you have to because uh in my case it was it was a horrible family betrayal and I thought I did everything I needed to do to move forward and heal from it and then years later it was my husband and anybody who's mm. been through it. It's devastating. It just shatters everything you know to be real and true. So I love learning. And I thought, okay, I'm going to learn my way through this because I was truly desperate to understand how the mind works and why we do these things. So I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, just to get myself through this. And also because one thing I realized was, you know, and, and this is the beauty of betrayal and we'll get to it. People are like beauty. Yes. It gives you that opportunity to be like, okay, what isn't working here? What's similar to both of those examples, experiences. And what was similar was I was never in the equation. It was all about everybody else. I didn't have the right boundaries in place. Four kids, six dogs, thriving business. Where was I? Nowhere. Anyway. So I was like, that's it. It's my turn. And I dove into this PhD program. It was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three discoveries, which changed my business, my life, my family, everything. So you opened kind of your story as saying you did everything that you thought right, to kind of get through this betrayal. Can you take us through some of the things that you used to think, and maybe they still are important building blocks, right, on that that healing journey, but what had you done that you thought were the right things, but obviously wasn't enough before you enrolled in this program? Sure. Well, I really, I thought I did every, I thought I went through the forgiveness piece, and I thought I did with my family, and just finding and making sense and meaning out of the experience. I did that with my family, and there really wasn't anything to work with there. When it came to my husband, I immediately 
immediately got him out of the house. And I said, okay, well, that was the deal breaker. And let me just now, here I am, you know, single mom. And let me just figure this out. And that was the absolute crash and burn of the relationship and the old me. And I'll share so many things about what went on and all of that. But one of the biggest things I learned and what I teach in the PBT Institute is, you know, we know when it's safe and in your best interest to heal and rebuild, when it's in is safe and in your best interest to heal and move on. So like with my family, there was really nothing to work with there. So I healed and moved on with my husband as two completely different people. We married each other again, and it was new rules, new boundaries, new everything. But that only happens when there's the death and destruction of the old in order to rebirth the new. And I needed to really go through that whole process. And it is a journey. And I was just trying everything that I was learning. And I remember seeing clients at the time and they're like, well, how are you doing this? And I'm saying, I, I really don't know, but I'm just so desperate to move through this. And, and it's interesting too, because in the study, there were three groups who didn't heal. And I kept seeing that and I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm not doing any of those things. The three groups were, one, they were avoiding, numbing, distracting. And I get it. They did whatever they could to make the day a bit easier. But, you know, it just kept their healing at bay. Like some would go to the doctor and who'd put them on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety med, or they'd, they would binge eat, or they would numb in front of the TV, drink a few glasses of wine, whatever it was. I noticed it wasn't working. The second group refused to accept their experience. They were like, they just weren't going there. Mm -mm, nope. And the third group was the group where the betrayer had very little or no consequences. And here's the thing with that group, I saw two things, a further deterioration of the relationship. And by far, hands, hands down, that group was the most physically sick. Mm. Yeah. So seeing that, you know, just show up, I, I was learning so much about what to do, what not to do. When these discoveries showed up, it just, it was a game changer. So good. I want to get into all that, but I feel like we need to back up and define betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is betrayal? Why does it hurt? Why does it, or how does it impact us? And what does it create? Yeah. You know, I define it as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And every relationship has them. Think about it. We had something. I was supposed to show up and we were going to have a conversation. And if I didn't, I would have been betraying you. No, wouldn't have shattered you, but annoyed you. You're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the way it works is the more we yeah. trust and depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So for example, a child who is totally dependent on that parent, and then the parent does something awful, that's going to have a bigger impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret. Still a betrayal, but wouldn't have the same impact. And it has so many faces. I mean, this could be a family member, a partner, a friend, a coworker, someone in a position of authority. And so often, self, self-betrayal is huge. Mm. So, and it hurts so much because this was the person or these were the very people who gave us that sense of safety and security. So when that person who gave us that sense of safety and security is the person to shatter that sense of safety and security, it's traumatic. It's such a, it tattoos itself on our body and, and our heart. I, w I was literally just going to say, I've interviewed some other guests who you know very well, who talk a little bit about trauma and how that impacts our health. And I kind of preparing for this podcast today, I was kind of thinking, well, gosh, betrayal essentially is a trauma, right? 
it can act like a trauma to our health. Oh, absolutely. But it's a different type. And that was one of the discoveries because I was originally studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth and, you know, sort of the upside of trauma, how that trauma could potentially lead you with a new insight awareness perspective that you didn't have beforehand. But I had been through death of a loved one and I had been through disease. And I was like, mm, betrayal feels very different for me. So I didn't want to assume. And I asked my study participants, I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different? Every single participant said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally right? So the entire self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust, they're shattered. So it didn't feel like it qualified as post-traumatic growth. So if I were to give you an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth, right? Like what you've learned, what you've experienced, who you are now because of your experience, plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. So love it's, it. that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very different state. Cause think about it. Like if you lose someone you love, like I lost my mom, I grieved, I'm sad and mourn the loss. Life will never be the same, but I didn't, I didn't take it personally. Right. Betrayal you take personally. It's different. So how does that affect us? So what are some physical symptoms of betrayal and emotional symptoms as well? And mental symptoms? Yeah. And this leads to the next discovery. And this was that there is this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we have a quiz on our site to see to what extent people are struggling. We've had over 14,000 people. I haven't checked. It could be more in the last year and a half or so. Every age, almost every country is represented. And a few things. The first thing is We've been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that's not true because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. Mm -mm, not willing to trust again. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can feel the hate. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. So we know it stays with us until we face it, feel it, heal it. It's a very unique type of trauma. Uh, but I pulled some stats and I'm happy to read some. So you see- Go some for of it, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's staggering when you see what betrayal does. And it's because this is that person who gave us that sense of safety and security. So 94% deal with painful triggers. Now, we think PTSD is only reserved for like war vets, no, it's very common. So cognitively, we know the experience isn't happen happening all over again, but the body thinks it's going on. It's D-Day, Discovery Day all over. So very painful. Here are some of the most common physical symptoms. So 71% uh, have low energy, 68% sleep issues, 63% extreme fatigue, 47% weight changes, 45% digestive issues. That could be anything from... IBS, Crohn's, diverticulitis, diverticulosis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. And what's so interesting, I think about the gut is, you know, think about it. It absorbs, digests, and processes food. Well, isn't any wonder, you know, I mean, is it betrayal difficult to absorb, digest, and process? So the gut, it's so it's parallels there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just uh, physical. Some of the most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are in a state of disbelief. 
64% in shock, 62% unable to concentrate. So just mix. Sounds the, like all my patients. Yeah. Right. Mix <laughs> right. The, the overwhelm with, let's say, a gut issue. You see how like uncomfortable it is, plus just trying to manage this betrayal. That's not even the emotional symptoms. 88% extreme sadness, 83% anger. You just waver back and forth between anger and sadness. That's exhausting right there. 80% anxiety, 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% are preventing themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. And 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. That's out of 14, 15,000 people. Yikes. That's amazing that you've collected those statistics that you could share. And again, sounds like my patients. You know, we, I, I have a hormone clinic. I have a functional medicine clinic, but I would say I built that practice on some hormone um, optimization techniques and strategies, whatnot. And I think optimizing hormones can help women so much go through traumas, you know, s stressful situations, whatnot. But I've come to learn over the past few years, there's just so much more to it. Yes, we can balance their hormones and get them feeling better in their skin. However, <laughs> when there are, I don't know how to say this, I don't want to say unresolved issues. <laughs> yeah. Am I using appropriate terminology? Yeah. <laughs> that have been stuffed or not dealt with for decades or, you know, whatnot. Clearly, we have to address that. And I think providers like myself struggle with knowing how to do that. So I, I, I want to talk about the hope today, like what you can offer. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, And what's so interesting is, I mean, that's why we have certified coaches and practitioners because the most well-meaning and amazing doctors, healers, coaches, therapists are doing their very best to work with this client or patient. But if they don't know what's at the root of it and then how to manage you know, these symptoms when it shows up, they're just at a loss. And it's frustrating for the doctor, the therapist, and for the client, the patient. It really is because betrayal affects so much. Absolutely. So what are the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough that you've discovered in your study? And maybe you've shared a little bit of this, but let's let's more dive into that. Yeah, sure. This one was just crazy because what was so exciting about this was the minute the five stages were discovered, that's when, you know, we knew, oh my gosh, there's a predictable way to move through something like this. And that that was just so exciting. So the first is if you and I go into detail in, in trust again, but here I'll share it. The first is like a setup stage. If you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with every single study participant, me included, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being. Now, that's not to say, and I'm sure so many people who come to you, that's their story. That's not to say if you're busy getting things done, it's a setup for betrayal. It's what I typically saw. What's interesting to that is it's in the feeling and being. That's where intuition lies. And we turn that down when we're so busy, which could have served us. Anyway, if the table only has two legs, strong and solid, easy to topple over, that's stage two. Stage two is the shock. That's D-Day, Discovery Day. And this is the shock uh, and the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So this is by far the scariest stage. Here's where you ignite the stress response. So you're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of overwhelm and chaos. You cannot make sense out of what you just learned. 
and your worldview is shattered. That's your mental model. These are the rules. This is how it works. Don't go there. This person's safe. And in one moment, everything you knew to be real and true is no longer. So here's truly where the bottom bottoms out on you. And a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. It's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You would grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's an entirely practical stage. Where do I go? How will I survive this experience? Who can I trust? But here's the biggest trap. Once we've figured out you know, how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we're like, whew, okay, I'm good. And we start planting roots here. We have no idea there's even a stage four, a stage five. And then a few things happen. The first thing that happens is we start planting roots and we start getting these small self-benefits from being there. We get our story. We get to be right. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. We don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Do I trust you? Do I trust you? I forget I won't trust anybody. And then the longer we stay, now our mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not all that. Maybe, you know, maybe this is the best you can hope for. And now the roots go in deeper. Now, the longer we stay, now we start, you know, like energy attracts like energy. So now people and circumstances come towards you to confirm this is where you belong. It gets even deeper, but I'll get you out of it. Don't worry. Because because this doesn't feel good and we have no idea it gets any better. This is the place where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, whatever it is, because we don't know it's anything is better. So we're trying to resign ourselves and being okay with the idea, like this is as good as it gets. I better be okay with it. So you do this for a day, a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I can see someone 20 years out and say that um, emotional eating issue, that drinking diving into your work. Do you think it has anything to do with your betrayal? And they'd say, oh my gosh, no, that happened 20 years ago. But do you see, they stayed in a perpetual holding pattern. And that's stage three, most common place to get stuck. I'm sure the majority of your patients, right? That's where they are. They're doing their best, but that's where they're stuck. If they're willing to let go of the small self-benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things that they need to do, they can move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you're like, okay, I can't undo my betrayal, but I can control how I move through it from here on Is this where boundaries come in then? (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so interesting about this, and I always liken this too, if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff isn't there. It's not cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And that's what's happening here. We're turning down the stress response. We're not physically healing just yet, but we're not causing the massive damage we were causing in stage two and stage three. And what's so interesting here too, is if you were to move, you don't take everything with you right? You don't take the things that you've outgrown that don't represent who you want to be in that new space. If your friends weren't there for you, here's where you leave them. Here's where you've just outgrown them. And it happens all the time. And people say to me, oh my gosh, what the heck? I've had these friends for years. Is it me? Yes, it is. Now you're transformed. You're you're undergoing this transformation and it's just no longer a fit. So when you're in this stage four, you're making it your own, you're making it okay, you're settling in, you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing 
rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. You didn't have the bandwidth to eat well, exercise, self-love, self-care. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries, just like you said, you know, because of all you've been through. And you have a new worldview based on your entire experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. So when a client comes to see you or your coaches, can you usually pretty pretty much tell which stage they're in? Yeah. 100%. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's why the, the coaches are certified in the five stages. So this way, they know, you know, they'll know, oh, this person is clearly in a stage two. This person is deeply rooted in that stage three, whatever it is. Because when we know that, then we know what they need. We know what the resistance would be. We know what they're ready for and what they're not ready for. Like even, you know, the signature program that we have, and I it's available to all of our members within the community. There are experiential activities that are so powerful, but if someone does them too early, it backfires every time. Although the process, this whole process from betrayal to breakthrough is linear, it's messy, it's sticky, it's uncomfortable, it's it's grueling. That's why people stay rooted in that stage three because they don't wanna face that stuff, it's painful. And it sounds like there's really no rhythm or rhyme to like how long post-betrayal it takes to get through the stages. Like someone in a year could get through all of them, or it could be 40 years and they could still be in stage two or stage three. Like You're so right. And, and what's interesting too, is I thought when I was doing the research, I was like, you know, and you're not supposed to assume anything. I was new at all this, but I was like, oh, you know what? I bet the people who have the least, like where their betrayal just didn't seem as, as big, as someone else's, they'll heal faster because they're not as hard hit. So they'll get through it quicker. Do you know that had zero to do with it? Nothing to do with it at all. It was the ones who just said, that's it. I'm not numbing, avoiding, distracting. I'm facing this thing head on. I don't know what it's going to look like or feel like, but I'm not picking my head up until I'm at the other side. They blew the doors off of the ones who were moving through it differently. And I'm sure that's why I healed the way I did too, because I just... I was just so determined just to move through it and not hold back anything. Sure. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't we all been betrayed at some point through our life? I mean, obviously there are different degrees of severity with that betrayal. So if we've all been betrayed at some point, whether it was in third grade or in our 20s or 50s or whatnot, how do we know if we have post-betrayal syndrome? Like how, how do we know if we, we have that? Yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like you said, those big traumatic betrayals. It could be sort of the death by a thousand cuts kind, oh, sure. you know, or it one could too just, many times. Yeah. One, right. Or it could just be someone did something that hurt you. I mean, there are just so many different levels of it, but here's how I see it. Well, I can spot an unhealed betrayal from a mile away because we see it in health, we see it in work, we see it in relationships. So here's what it would look like in relationships. They see it in two ways. The first way would be repeat betrayals. The faces change, but it's the same thing. So you go from boss to boss to boss, you know, friend to friend to friend, partner, partner, partner. And you're like, what the heck is it me? Yes. There's a profound lesson that needs to be learned about boundaries, about that you are lovable, worthy, deserving, whatever it is. And until and unless you do, you're going to keep having opportunities to learn that. 
Like opportunities to get betrayed, basically. Is yeah. Okay. Until you get the mother of all betrayals and you say, that's it. I'm never going to do this. I'll never stand for that. I'll never. And game over, right? Done. You've learned. It sounds, and I'm not saying that means it's the betrayal was our fault. What I've come to learn is it really is our opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. It, it, and I know that sounds so crazy, but but here's the thing. It was because of that second betrayal for me where I said, that's it. Now I'm doing something for myself. I had never done anything for myself. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, this is what I need to do. And it changed my entire life. And, and now, others' you know, lives. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the opportunity. The second way we see it in relationships is when that big wall is up. Nope. Been there, done that. No one's getting close to me again. And we think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's coming from fear. You know, it's like, it's like getting burned on the stove and saying, that's it. Never cooking again. It's not fair to you. You know, I mean, should you learn how to carefully and cautiously approach the stove? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. But, the, and there's a way to do that. We see it in, uh, in work too, where let's say people want to ask for that razor promotion and they deserve it, but their confidence was shattered in the betrayal. So they don't have the confidence to ask, or they want to be a team player or work on that collaborative project with someone, but the person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How could they possibly trust someone else? So it shows up in so many ways. Could you be missing out on magnesium? If you aren't already taking magnesium, you likely should be. Our deficient food sources, caffeine consumption, stress, and exercise rob us of magnesium, which is an important cofactor for hundreds of processes in the body. It can calm your mind and ease your nerves to help you sleep at night and help reduce anxiety, PMS, and headaches. It can relax your muscles when you have cramps, your bowels when you're constipated, and it's required for energy, hormone production, and vitamin D absorption. If you're interested in exploring more about how magnesium can help support you living a longer, healthier life and the exact type of magnesium supplement to look for, check out my blog post, The Magnificence of Magnesium, found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash blog. And use code magnesium for 10% off our magnesium chelate product at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you. That's so good for our listeners to try to identify if they are in this, if they're stuck essentially with this post-betrayal syndrome. So let's talk about post-betrayal transformation. And you've already differentiated how this is different than just post-traumatic growth. So how do we get to this post-betrayal transformation? So you talked about the stages of betrayal, right? Like what are the stages of transformation? Or <laughs> like, like how how does someone and I know you can't just answer this. I'm sure it's mentioned well in your Trust Again book. <laughs> uh, but how does someone get to that transformation? Are there just some tidbits that you can can share maybe that would help an individual out of certain stages? Or I'll give the mic back to you and you give our listeners some hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's as you're moving through the stages, you are, are transforming. Okay, You are undergoing that transformation. When you're stuck in that stage three and that's where you stay, it hasn't even happened yet. The transformation is happening in stages four and stage five. So that's where it's happening. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you're actually creating a new identity. You're taking the parts you love. You are leaving behind the parts that no longer serve. And that's the scariest thing. Because, And we see it in the community all the time. It looks like something as simple as we just had a member say something like, I'm in such a hard position because my husband, it was a husband and wife, and she's. it's happened many times. So she's finally standing her ground. He's out of the house. And the old version of her 
when he would just say, oh, but what about the family and all of this? And she would be like, okay. And it was, she reached out for support in the community because here's such a hard moment when it's like, I know what the old me would do, but I I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that anymore. And it was the hardest thing just to say, no, I'm not doing that. And it was terrifying. But then, you know, had she feel after? Amazing. Like, wow, I never did that. So if I did that, who let me recover. What else can I do? And it's a process like that where you say, okay, I had this uh, this opportunity to see, you know, what was working, what wasn't, who am I? Who do I want to become? And you need to stick with it. And when it comes to reconciliation, if it's an opportunity, if it's something that's least bit interested in, you can't let up for a minute with that. If you're determined to bring this new version of you into this potentially new relationship, you can't allow for the old version of that partner either. You're coming into this as two very different people. I have to ask a personal question. So how did you get to the point of reconciliation with your husband then? So you essentially, do you feel like you got through these five stages yourself? Like, and what about him? Did he also? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. This was, I mean, it was, and I talk all about it. I mean, my story is in there in the book. And uh, it was by far, hands down, the hardest thing I've ever done. Forgiving and moving on, like I did with my family, was a cakewalk compared to this. What happened with, with us was I got him out of the house immediately. I had no idea what was going to happen. I was just like, that's it. It's my turn. What do I want? I want to go through this PhD program, having no idea what was waiting, but that was it. And then of course we spoke because of the kids and everything. And the kids would tell me, and I've, I have four kids, 25, 24, 20, and 19, but they were, they were teenagers at the time. And they would say to me, mom, you know, within like two, three days, he sold his fancy car. He got rid of his fancy clothes. It was like, he had the biggest wake up call of his life. Now it could possibly also be because he was the one who told my kids. Now, as terrible as it was to break my heart and tell me this, you know, to have your four kids looking at you like you did what to our mom? Like if Mm -hmm. anything is going to have you wake up, it's losing the respect, the trust, the all of it from really the people closest to you. So, you know, so he sort of was working through that and realizing that he just lost the only things that, you know, the only people that mattered. And then he said, tell me what to do here. What do I, and, and it was so interesting because of course we spoke because of the kids, but I was like, if we're going to have any kind of conversation other than that, you need to know who I am. And he had been just making fun of it or whatever, but I was very spiritual. So he said, okay, tell me what to read. Tell me what to do. And he took to it. It was crazy. And the next thing I knew, the kids were telling me, mom, he's like, because we're in New York, he's going into the city on Saturday mornings and, and telling the homeless they matter and buying them food. And he's, he, wow. he just trained for hospice and he's, and he's wow. a real estate guy. <laughs> and, and he's, um, he was handing out Wayne Dyer DVDs to everybody in his office. Like he took this to a whole other level. And, um, and it was interesting because with betrayal, there's such a shattering of trust. You don't trust your betrayer, certainly. And you don't trust yourself. So I'm like, okay, I, I trust in something, someone other than me. So I, I had um, a session with an intuitive coach who's since become a dear friend. I walk in and she says, oh my gosh, how you two plan this. I was like, what did you just say? 
<laughs> she said, oh, yeah, yeah. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so he can become the husband, father, friend that he's supposed to be. You, you needed to crash and burn so you can heal and, and really be able to teach from this deep place of knowing you're going to have an institute and books and this whole big following around betrayal. And I said, you're crazy. Mm, I got the chills. Yeah. 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 So did. there was something about that. That was that seed of what if she's right? Let me go through everything I'm going to go through. And if I don't want to do this, if I can't do this, then I'm good. But what if she's right? Mm, amazing. I think transformation is beautiful. It's, I mean, that's what hopefully everybody wants, all the listeners, right? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your coaching program or what's available online. Obviously, you have your quiz. Yeah. So the PBT Institute stands for Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. I, I looked at it and I said, based on the research, based on what the 14, 15,000 people have said that they need. And then I also saw what wasn't, what people were typically doing, going to a therapist. And if that therapist isn't highly skilled, it actually does more harm than good. Or they're in a support group like the Ain't It Awful Club and it keeps them stuck. And if you if you're feeling better, you don't belong <laughs> or they're numbing, avoiding. And I said, okay, well, I'm really not subscribing to those things. So what if I had everything all in one place? And that's the PBT Institute. So what it is, is, and it's completely online. We have people all over the world. So we have our certified coaches and they teach daily classes. Uh, they're certified in the five stages, but they're coming in with 10, 20, 30 years in nutrition psychology, in trauma, in chronic pain, in narcissism, in reconciliation, in addiction. And they're, so they're teaching. We have master classes with experts and the programs, the signature programs are there. So people have 24-7 access to it. I'm in there teaching uh, and we have the most amazing, supportive community there to, th that really lifts and inspires so it's everything that I saw was needed, everything I would have wanted. You and created. Just, and, <laughs> and now it's here for everybody. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's an amazing space. That's beautiful. I will wrap up in a, a few minutes here, but I want to go back because when you mentioned numbing out, I, I do want to go back so that listeners can kind of reflect and assess if they are numbing, avoiding, distracting, whatnot. So how would one know if they're in that stage? Yeah, I would Maybe invite, it's obvious for some people. But. <laughs> and sometimes it's not. So I invite everybody to write these questions down. And that's my way of saying, write these down. And the first question would be, am I numbing and avoiding? If so, how? Be honest with yourself. Do you walk into the kitchen and you're, you know, there you are, you're, you're in the cabinet, you're not the least bit hungry. Do you put the TV on because you are desperately trying to drown out the sound of your own thoughts? Be honest with yourself, call yourself on it. The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? What, do I, what am I pretending not to see? Be honest. The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going? Play it all the way out. Take that that relationship issue. Dun, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? Take that you know, job issue, take that health issue. What's it going to look like? Play it all the way out. And the last question, what could life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? Mm. I'm not saying it's easy. Transformation yeah. begins when you tell yourself the truth. That's good. That's deep. So I have to ask all those stats that we opened this discussion with, right? The stats of the emotional and mental and um, what was the third? Physical symptoms? Physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. 
of those who have taken your quiz, have you tracked, have you seen those stats improve? Like, what do you see after someone has gone through the five stages and they've transformed? What are you seeing symptomatically? You know, in the interest, again, I also have the study participants and you read story after story of like, like one of them just comes to mind. And she said, you know, I had, I would go to the hospital every three months with the most extreme, I, I think it was colitis. And when she, you know, she got to a certain point in her healing, that was it gone, totally gone. Weight changes. It was so clear. You know, someone would said like, people would say to her, oh my gosh, you're so radiant. What did you do? This confidence, just everything improves energy, health, all of it. I mean, we see that every single day. We see it in the strength of, of just in members in the community. Even like I have this open Q&A that I do with everybody. And there was somebody who was just saying what was going on with her, a recent experience. And someone else said, oh my gosh, you sound so different than you sounded a few weeks ago. It's that quick when you dive in and do the work. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, thank you so much (laughs) for coming on the show and really probably introducing many of our listeners to essentially what post-betrayal syndrome and transformation are, because I think many of us probably have been betrayed and have no idea that it's impacted our health for right for decades. So I do have to go back and and ask you real quick, (laughs) as I ask every guest, and then we'll wrap up your top longevity tip. And maybe it's just what you've said to (laughs) address your betrayal. But I have to ask, what's your top longevity tip? You know, I have to go with the first thing that comes to mind, and it's joy joy. We're here to experience joy. If we're not, get the other stuff out of the way. Heal it. We're not here just to have hardships and we do nothing with it. The most joyful people I know have been through the most because they have that gift of perspective. Yes. So clear up whatever it is. Get the support you need. You're, it's not like you're here for just a bad game of hot potato. It sits on you and that's it. Do the work and experience the joy. That's what we're here for. Beautiful. Tell listeners where they can find you again. I would say take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. You just find that at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Awesome. Thank you so much, Debbie. This was, I should say, Dr. Debbie Silver. (laughs) This was amazing. Thank you so much. You're gifted and congratulations on your transformation as well. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, what another fascinating interview. Betrayal clearly can impact our physical, emotional, and mental health. If you've been betrayed before and think you could have post-betrayal syndrome, please take the quiz, link of which we'll post in the show notes. I'm certainly looking forward to reading Dr. Debbie Silver's book, Trust Again, and I hope today provided you hope that you can learn to trust again. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you learn on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting.
The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.